what's going on everybody it's Winifred Summer and as I'm recording this I am just getting back from the Bahamas I know we have some listeners out there who are in the Bahamas so hello it was a pleasure visiting I had such a great time I'm sure I'll talk about it in a solo episode um my throat got a little sore because I was singing karaoke every single day on vacation (laughs) so if I sound a little off um that is the reason why Anyway, it's just so fitting, you know, I'm just coming back from the Bahamas, I have listeners in the Bahamas, and the gentleman that I got an opportunity to interview has lived in the Bahamas. It's from the Bahamas, like what a coincidence that I did this interview with him um, maybe a couple weeks before I actually went off, and so we got an opportunity to talk about not only being from the Bahamas, but being Haitian in the Bahamas. As you probably have heard at some point, I am of Haitian descent. I'm first generation American. And so we had, you know, certain things in common as far as our upbringings, you know, different values and things that that we grew up with and that have been instilled in us that we still carry to this day. It was such an honor to interview another creative um, of Haitian descent, somebody who is writing and doing so at such a great level. Um, Since this episode was recorded, I have watched him post on social media. His book is in Barnes and Nobles. His book is um, going to be at Walmart. You know, I'm seeing him at different places with his table set up, you know, vending, signing autographs, and just really living the good author life. And I'm excited about this book. I'm saying it here and now. I am going to purchase this book. (laughs) I am going to purchase this book. And after you hear about it, I think you will too. All right, enough of me yapping. Let's get into the episode. You guys enjoy and make sure you support, 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 support. Um, whether that's a follow, whether it's a book purchase, you know, whether it's just telling a friend to tell a friend to tell to tell another friend, um, definitely. All right, enjoy the episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I have another amazing guests here with me and I cannot wait to get some good 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 information learn a little bit about this gentleman I have H Silver in the house welcome hey what's going on Miss Winifred how you doing I'm doing well thank you so much for asking so I love to let people know how I connect with people because they'll be like, where'd you find that person? Where did you find that person? Um, and, it, and I usually link up with people in a, a number of ways. So specifically, um, we connected over Instagram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. now you guys know, because I get that question often. It's like, where do you find, you know? So it was Instagram. And so you are an author, um, a new author. But before we get into all of that, I want to mm-hmm. learn a bit about you, the person. Um, okay. So tell me, where are you from? And kind of maybe in a couple sentences, talk about what your childhood was like. Okay. Um, well, uh, I was born in the Bahamas, uh, on the island of Nassau, New Providence, uh, Bahamas. Uh, I pretty much grew up in a Haitian household, uh, even though I was born to in the Bahamas, of course, um, my household was 100% Haitian, uh, the, down to the core, every single um experience that a Haitian kid has with very strict parents, very strict expectations, um, you name it. Uh, that, that, that was my, I would say, you know, that that was my childhood. My childhood was pretty much, uh, how can I explain it? Um, I had a childhood, definitely had one where, you know, I would go out to the park, I'll go out and play basketball, I played video games and things of that nature. But um, there, there was, you know, uh, there, there was things that you dealt with um, growing up Haitian in the Bahamas. Uh, for one thing, the Bahamas uh, does not consider you um, kind of like if you were born in the United States, you're an American. If you were born in the Bahamas, if you have Haitian parents, you're Haitian. 
There's no if ands, or buts about that. That's what your paperwork says. That's what everything uh, about you says. So it it uh, leads to like a little bit of discrimination. So you run into kids that are mean. They'll say that you're Haitian, you're dirty, you're this, you're that. So um, going to school was all was. You'll run into that, not from everybody, but you'll definitely run into that level of ignorance. But um, what I was fortunate to have was uh, 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 my church, which was uh, a Haitian church where um, you had everything. You had people that cared about each other. You looked at, they looked out for each other. There was uh, programs for, for youth. There were programs for kids. There was uh, events. There was field trips and all this stuff. So I had like a kind of like a encampment, um, a, a refuge around my church. So that that was pretty much my upbringing. <laughs> if I I I I don't I didn't want to go too deep, but yeah, that's 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 how I would describe my upbringing. So that is very interesting. So we have growing up in a Haitian household in common. Um, yeah. Both of my parents, born and raised in Haiti, came over to America as full-blown, you know, adult adults. Um, my parents, boomers. Uh, I'm a millennial, so uh-huh. I definitely feel you with some of the experiences that you named, like the strict, strict <laughs> <laughs> parents. Yeah. Definitely. Um, you know, there was a lot of focus on church and, and prayer and education was just just such a big deal. Um, so the Bahamas and fun fact, I'm actually going to the Bahamas uh, soon for a vacation. Oh, really? So it's just so funny that, you know, that's where you're from. And I'm literally going to be going there soon. But how did your parents come up with Bahamas? Because I know a lot of Haitian people and, you know, there seem to be I mean, of course, you can be Haitian anywhere, but yeah. it's like a lot of the Haitians I know, you know, it's those common places like, okay, they're in Canada somewhere, um, like Ottawa, Canada, or if they're in the USA, they're in Boston, they're in Miami. Um, yeah. There's like those common pockets where Haitians are, you know, kind of all over the place. So Bahamas, um, um, did your parents ever talk about like where they like what was the decision like grandparents like how far down the the tree does being in the Bahamas go for your family? Well, um, my my parents both came to the Bahamas on the boat. <laughs> they both immigrated from Haiti at different times. Um, my my father came to the Bahamas first. Um, and my mother came probably six or seven years after him. Um, there's an age gap uh, between my mom and my dad. My dad is uh, about 10, 11 years older than my mom. So um, they met and, um, you know, they uh, uh, it's kind of like a shared uh shared thing where okay you got on you came from a boat I got off on a boat we're both Haitian trying to make it work let's have a family so here boom here I am <laughs> and my other siblings obviously so I have a really goofy question okay <laughs> shout out to all the Haitians all right don't take my Haitian card because I know people when people say you know they have that term the fresh off the boat that a lot of people aren't literally saying a boat. Now, was this a literal boat, or are we this was that this was a literal this was a literal boat, literal ah, boat. Yeah. Okay. that is that is interesting. You are the first person I know personally. Well, I don't yeah. know personally. Let me, <laughs> I've never spoken to. How about that? Um, <laughs> that when they say you know we came off the boat, that they're actually talking about a boat. That. Yeah. Is, story in itself and I'm sure it's incredible um but wow I'm fascinated but I'm, I'm gonna stay on track that is amazing um yeah. shout out to your parents um yeah shout out to them shout out to them they incredible. they enjoyed days and um both of them have that experience um so it uh, they made the decision. Uh, I believe my father made the decision himself. My grandmother sent my mother 
um, although my mother did not want to go. Um, so it was, uh, <laughs> it, it's a story. It's a story. It's a lot behind that. But that's the way that they, um, they came to the Bahamas. Okay. And one more question and then I'm going to drop it. So okay. were they fleeing from anything specific or was it just, okay, we want to explore a different atmosphere, more opportunities? Well, I think they wanted they wanted better opportunities. I know my father definitely was looking for better opportunities. Um, my father is extremely um, well educated, um, speaks three to four languages. Um, he was a principal at a school in his twenties, so he he's a um, very well educated guy. But I think it he kind of reached a plateau as to. Um, where he what what he wanted to do and how far he wanted to go and country life didn't fit him so he made the decision and said hey get an opportunity make more money be able to better uh you know bring my family into a better world because uh, i believe during that time there was a lot of um there was some political conflict going on i'm not sure which one even though i pride myself on being like a history buff i don't I can't really pinpoint at, uh, what was going on at the time, but I it's the same thing that um, caused my grandmother to send my mother for better opportunity. Um, you'll make it better uh, outside than uh, inside, so. Hmm. I love it. Shout out to anyone, you know, who, because I just think about like how brave that is to just get up and move to another country and start a, a new life. And it's just a lot. So I have so much respect and love and admiration for people who take those big leaps of faith. I personally, when I think about it, I'm like, I wonder if, you know, in my 20s, if I would have had the courage to be like, you know what, I'm going to go to a whole other country. And people do it all the time, but I am always amazed by those people. Um, so shout out to everybody who has done that um, or who is planning to do that. All right. So when you were a kid, what was the first thing that you wanted to be when you grew up? Like, did you have an ideal um, job that you wanted or to be in a certain industry? Mm. I, I think the first thing that, uh, um, of, course, of course, you grew up in in, in academia, um, you want to be something along those lines. I think the first thing that I wanted to be was a scientist. I didn't know in what way, shape, or form I wanted to be a scientist, but I knew I said, I want to be a scientist. That was, was the first thing that I wanted to do. But then I fell in love with art and music and uh, literature and poetry. And that's what uh, um, took a majority of my time reading. Um, so uh, it, it eventually changed. I was like, okay, I, I wanna be successful in either one of these realms. So uh, mm -hmm. first thing was scientists. I do remember that. And art just uh, totally kicked its butt out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about falling in love with the arts because when I think of my own experiences I think for a certain chunk of my childhood I didn't really know that I was in love with it and I didn't really know how important being skilled I guess in it or gifted in that um, arena was like I would just hear my teachers talking about how oh my gosh you're so good at this you should do this like whether mm -hmm. it was writing or you know drawing or whatever and I'd be like okay and then I you know tell my parents about it, and they're like meh <laughs> you know no big deal. how about the math tests like how about them test scores you know yeah you're, you're smart like let's okay it's cool you, you did a, a poem but let's not like I didn't know until later on, like this is really a thing. Like people can build a life in the arts. So kind of talk about when you knew, when you were just like, you know what? I love this. Um, hmm. I think it's twofold. Um, first time that I realized, I, I think it was because, well, I, I'll, I'll probably say the fun part of it first. Um, art, music um and when i say music i'm talking about singing 
um, and art, drawing, and and writing poetry and writing short stories. That was my chip on my shoulder. It, it was the one thing that I that I um I would constantly get uh, feedback on, especially you know given the circumstances that I was growing up in. Um, you know, you're the Haitian kid, so everybody's gonna dump on you. Um, but it was the one thing that I outshined everybody at. So it was like, um, yeah, you could come at me, you could I could get into fights, I could get all I could get beat up, I could fight back, I could win. Um, you could tease me, you could say this, this uh, and that about me, but the one thing that you could not touch me on is art. <laughs> That was the one thing that no one, like barely anyone <laughs> could touch me on. It, it was a chip on my shoulder. So, um, you know, that's what made me love it more. What made me fall in love with it was, um, I, I would say once I picked up, once I picked up, um, when I listened to Bob Marley for the first time, when I listened to um the music my parents would listen to and they would just have brass and um, these uh, these stories being sang about like Ansi de Wolves and um, System Band, Septon, these different groups that would um, rival uh, Earth, Wind and Fire and, um, and Stevie Wonder, like that was my culture. I was like, man, that's that's what made me like want to be part of it even more. And of course I was around music all the time because my parents were musicians as much as they, they would tell me, no, that's not the route to go to. But Sunday, my mom's on the, on the drums. My father is playing the guitar. He's singing, she's singing. It's, you know, so um, I was surrounded by it. Wow. That yeah. is so dope <laughs> like i'm just sitting here like wow that is amazing um so you can sing is is that what you're hinting uh uh it's been a long time i don't i mean as a kid um i okay so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna mention this one thing it's a definitely a true story and um but please don't ask me to say. I mean, I I think I, I know I can, but I'm just, it's not something that I do, like try to do professionally. It's it's not. But as a kid, um, growing up in the Bahamas, um, when I was in, in uh, it's not elementary school, but it's called primary school. Our, our schooling was based on the British uh, um, uh, schooling system. So I was in primary school. And um, I won this, Let's see, I, I sang so great that the music teacher was like, oh, you got to be in a competition. We got to put you in the competition so you could go against other schools and, and stuff like that. I won my division. And uh, when, when I won, they gave me an invitation to go to the governor general's house for the banquet. Governor general is like the highest office. Um, whoever's the governor general is the representative, is the representative of the queen of England to the Bahamas. So uh, if you, you're going to their house, it's a big deal. So I got my award. They uh, they gave me like a little small trophy and a medal that they ended up taking from me later. Um, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. But they ended up, um, you know, giving me that. And the person that presented it to me, like a little touch of greatness, I didn't know who it was. And I should have known who it was because I watched a lot of his movies as a kid because growing up in the Bahamas, you have to know who this person is. But I did not, it did not click to me that that's who it was. I just knew that the person was familiar. I go across and I was like, hey, who's that? And they were like, that's Sidney Poitier. What? Wait a minute, pause. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, who? Whoa. What? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So I got I got brushed with greatness then because Sidney Poitier is a Bahamian um American actor. And of course, everybody knows who Sidney Poitier is. If you don't know who he is, you're living under a rock. Um I would say the guy that everybody models their acting career after, uh, black man, <laughs> like you know, I, I I had no idea, 
And yeah, he gave me my award, which was, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Wow. So I know that the listeners want to know because you said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to. But I know people are wondering, huh, he said they took it back. Was this like a, okay, this is just me. Because I know situations where you get a trophy, but it's more so like, all right, take the photo. And then, okay, this trophy is expensive. Give it back. And we recycle the trophy. Or was it like snatching the crown scandal? It it was. (laughs) No, they didn't snatch the crown. They told me that, oh, this this needs to go to the school. And I'm like, okay, all right. Right then I understood, okay. But then my other classmates got to keep their trophies. Mm. And another this another subtle thing so that God so that people can understand how bad it was. And this is and by no means, I want it to be 100 percent clear. By no means do I hold anything against Bahamian people because I know that um I growing up, it was something that also early, I understood early that there was a dynamic between the people that were ignorant who shared that ignorant with their children as opposed to those that were like look that ain't right that is not right these people looked like just like us they got our same skin color we probably were on the same boat at 100 100 200 years ago um you know it, it was definitely a dynamic but um that night uh they told me that I couldn't bring my parents that it was only me that uh, they wanted me to go. So I told my parents, hey, um, my parents dropped me off. My parents sat outside the governor general's um, mansion in their car, sat there the whole time until I got out. Mm-hmm. Went inside and I realized that all of my teammates, their parents were with them. What? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, my childhood was something, but you know, uh, I, I, not to toot my own horn, my own horn, but greatness is undeniable. Mm, mm, very interesting story. <laughs> oh, man. Shout out to the Bahamas. I'll be there in a. <laughs> but look, in a you'll little... be there. Look, look, listen. There's some great places there. They have some great food. Try the conch salad. Um, try the um, you know the the peas and rice the their macaroni is it's so many different um things uh you know paradise island Pardis Key dock cable beach these are different places that i went back to uh, that i enjoyed as a child anyway so um i would never tell anyone never to go there the people are beautiful they're great people you know just like any society there's ignorance so absolutely well said well said all right so the reason why we're here, all right, this <laughs> yes. book, this book. So when did you decide? Because I feel like a lot of us creatives, you know, we're talented in so many different areas and mm-hmm. we could do a lot of different things, but I feel like there's a defining moment for, you know, most writers when they say, you know what, I am going to publish a book. So Talk about the moment you actually said, all right, I'm doing this. And I guess the journey to it being published. Did you have support from friends and family? Did you keep it to yourself until it was like close to being done? Like, just talk a little bit how it got started and how it feels to be on the other side. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, How it started. Um, I think that it started because I saw a lack, because I grew up with, of course, Haitian culture in every aspect, music, literature, um, movies, comedy. If you know who JC Fly is, you know that I have watched every single one of his videotapes. Tonto Bisha, watched every single one of his stuff. Um, My favorite Haitian movie of all time, and this is probably going to go over the heads of a lot of younger Haitians or probably Haitians my age, is called Crazy L'Enfer, which is a very serious um, movie that I I would say the best piece of film uh, I've ever seen. Um, 
and it has and it has Jesse Fly that's uh, that's a co-star in it and he's playing a serious role like he's not he's funny like he's being his funny self but he's also being a really 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 bad villain two-faced villain and um it, it's a really great story really great story and I just saw a lack because I um from stories like that and the music having so much essence in it too, you know, it it got to a point where the the movie started to become repetitive. When I would watch a movie, it was like this all this sherry doo-doo, I love you. Um oh you cheated on me. Ah, I'm gonna do this and take my revenge. Uh ah, now I'm with somebody new. Ah, the end. It was like cookie cutter. It was so no substance. I, I would say, you know, there, there were some that were good, but then all of it was just so redundant, redundant, redundant. And I'm like, ah, oh, somebody do something different. Because, you know, I love storytelling. I like, uh, um, you know, for it to have some ground to it. And it just seemed like people were just going with a template. And... I was like, I can write a better story than that. I, I I think I can. And then that's when my brain started going. My brain just started saying, okay, what would be a great story? Well, what would be, okay, do this. Okay, do something that's never been done before. Okay, I've never seen anybody other than, you know, quote recorded history about our um you know Jean-Jacques Dessalines, Toussaint Louverture, uh, Ari Christophe, um uh Alexandre Petro, like they um they would just you know tell their story but nobody's ever flipped it nobody's ever um like involved them in a story that um that wasn't exactly their story but they were like different figures in it um and I, that's why I was like, okay, that's it. I love history. I'm a history buff. I love um, stories. I love great dialogue. I'm writing this book. And that's where it was born from. Mm. Heavy, heavy, heavy. Did anyone <laughs> try to talk you out of it? Hmm. I didn't really run into a lot of opposition. Um, I would say some people were like, there were some people that were like, ah, I don't know if you should probably, you know, if that's our idols. I don't think you should like mess with that. There were some people that were like, um, mm, uh, book, you don't know what, what goes into that. You know, of course you had some naysayers, um, but majority of the people that I have around me and um, my family, they were like, go for it, do it. <laughs> like, we know you could tell some great stories. Let's let's see what you got so um I didn't get deterrent deterrence from my parents I told my parents about it and they were like go for it let's see what you got my siblings was like yeah let's see what you could do and for me that's all I needed <laughs> that's all I needed um had friends that said yeah man we'll like we'll love to read it and it took years it took a while uh, I had the story in my head and I kept on refining it and refining it and refining it in my head until I just decided okay let me put it down on paper and once I started to do that process that's when the real work started uh, um, coming that started to um come into play so getting my characters together making sure the story arc has you know, was not only flawless, but, and I wouldn't say that it is flawless. I'm a first time author. So at least it was a dope story to me and a dope story that I feel people would like. And um, yeah, that, that was my experience getting started with it. First time author. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So do you ever feel any pressure i guess actually you know what i'm actually gonna just go ahead and read i'm looking right now at the post on amazon um, of your book king okay um so i'm just gonna go ahead and read a little bit of the book description if that's cool with you that's fine all right, so currently available on Amazon.com, Kingdoms Bones. And the book description says, 
Three estranged siblings are trained deadly assassins. They are barely able to control their supernatural abilities, awakening them through their cursed ancient bloodline. The commander who killed their parents. Oh, sorry, <laughs> my phone just turned out. <laughs> I love the I love the dramatic reading. Please, all <laughs> means. The commander who killed their parents under the is it Duvalier? Duvalier. Duvalier regime is still alive and has become a bigger threat than they ever imagined. A nation's future hangs in the balance. Secrets surrounding the death of Jean-Jacques Dessalines. You like how I said that, right? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and the disappearance of a warlord may hold the key. Can they fight through their internal and external conflicts with each other to put an end to Charles's tyrannical rise? I love it. I love it. So, all right. Do you yeah. feel any pressure? You know, mm. you're talking about death of Jean-Jacques Dessalines. And, you know, that's kind of one of those topics that, you know, not everybody necessarily wants to touch on or mm -hmm. for especially... Well, I can't say especially, but I'll just say some of the Haitians I know, because there are things that I've been wanting to write in fiction stories. And I'll be like, you know what? In my mind, I'm referencing Haiti or taking from my experiences while I was there. But I'm mm. going to call the place something else because I don't want no smoke and people thinking I'm trying to highlight like negative stuff that has taken place or whatever with Haiti. So do you, did you ever feel that as a writer? Like, okay, let me tiptoe over certain things or you just kind of like, you know what, this is my book and this is what I'm doing and do it. I, I um <laughs> uh, here's the thing I I realized that early on early on on the onset when I made the decision that I was going to write um that I was going to include some some Haitian figures including one as controversial as Duvalier if you ask anybody that um you know if you ask any Haitians you're probably going to get a lot of opinions. You're gonna have some people that are for him, that loved him as a dictator. They loved, because they, in their, um, not in their minds, I'm, by no means am I saying that, excuse me, wrong choice of words, um, but they're in, in their experience. Um, things were a lot better. They they believed that the school system was better, that the country was more secure. There was less, uh, um, less of, way less, what's going on now would not have been tolerated during that time. Um, but then there's people that um, talk about his brutality, that witness his brutality. And um, and by no means, I wanted to disgrace any of those people. But I knew that, um, I, I knew that I wanted to tell my story. I wanted to tell the story and include these the different people and the way that I and I did go about it in a way so that I did not by any means um kind of teeter on the side. I kind of stayed objective on on this. But uh one of my favorite journalists, um uh one of my favorite Haitian journalists, uh his name is uh uh, I'm sorry, it's not coming to my mind right now, but if you ever see the documentary, The Agronomist, uh, it's about this guy. Um, uh, uh, oh, uh, Dominique, Jean-Dominique. He was a Haitian, um, he was a Haitian uh, reporter and uh, and he was a reporter and he was a uh, radio personality, had his own radio station and he was fearless. This man was not afraid of anything or anyone. He was, uh, you know, of course, if it, when it, if it became a threat to his life, he would um, leave or what have you. But he would talk about anything and everything that was going on at the time. And unfortunately, he lost his life um, coming out of his radio station and was was shot and killed. But he was a man that, if you listen to him speak. His passion for Haiti is palpable. His passion for the people, palpable. And he has a famous quote that says that um, you can't 
uh, uh, the truth cannot die. You can't kill it. Even if you kill the kill the person that tells it. Mm. So he, and I'm paraphrasing that, but uh, he, I drew, I, I drew uh, from him and it was just was like, look, if we're ever going to face anything that's going on within ourselves and within our community and what have you, we have to, we have to t take it head on. And this was kind of my little nudge, my little uh, 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 poke to say, look, um, we could talk about this. We could we could mention this. We can um, write stories about it. It could be part of us, and we know it's part of us. Why can't we talk about it? And you know that's why I I uh, you know I decided to just go ahead full steam ahead. And then come what may, I know that I'm probably going to run into, and I'm no stranger to running into um, some Haitian uh, people that will tell me that I'm wrong, that I don't know what I'm talking about, that I'm, uh, I, trust me, I've had it happen. And mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll have facts. I'm like, hey, this is what it says here. This is what happened. No, it didn't happen. It did. <laughs> You know, I, I've I've ran ran into that in conversations and debates myself. So, um, I, I'm prepared for it. I'm prepared for it. But I, I know that my story is dope, and I know that the story is is a great story, and it paints our our culture and our predecessors in a great light. So, yeah. <laughs> Well said, well said, well said. Wow. Sorry if oh. I'm rambling. <laughs> no, no, this is good. This is good stuff. And I think it's important because I think that there are a lot of people who are writers and maybe they want to touch on, you know, certain things or certain figures, public figures or people in history. And sometimes they can be a little nervous about it. And then you have some people who just go for it. So I think it's good to hear about some of those experiences that you've had. Um, and how you feel about him. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. All right. So first time author, tell yes. me when you first held your book in your hand, <laughs> what, I guess, describe, okay, if that moment was a color, mm. <laughs> what <laughs> color would it be? Oh my, it would be my favorite color, red. <laughs> okay. It would be my favorite color, red. Um, I was I would say the most emotional part of the book. Um, like, okay, my emotional part was not like okay, holding the book was emotional for me. It, it was like, oh my God, years. I think just years of just being in my head and now it's in my hands. Like that was like you know, I was trying to, and my my fiance was recording me, and I'm I'm trying to hold it together because <laughs> I, I, I if you look at the video on Instagram, it's just me laughing. It's kind of like what I I'll do if I don't want to like you know allow something to get to me too much, I'll laugh. So I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at the finished product, but I, I would say the it, it was when I would say prior was when it went on sale, when it went on sale on Amazon and it showed up on Amazon and it had my biography and everything and it had my picture. And this is all stuff that I, you know, uh, things that I, you think, okay, all right, you're releasing the book. Okay, go ahead and put in your bio, put in the book, put in, do all of this stuff. You gotta, uh, you, you do what is required, right? It's a whole nother thing when you actually see it, when you see it show up and it's your book, it's your book cover, it's your name. It's uh, when it showed up on Amazon, I think that's when it was like the most. I think that's when I I, I woke, it was like 11 o'clock. My fiance is ready to sleep with the kids. I go wake her up uh, and I show it to her and uh, we embrace. And that was just, uh, I, I I lost it at that point in time. It was like, wow, here it is. This is <laughs> happening. <laughs> so do you plan on, because what I've learned over time is I can't make assumptions when it comes to authors. Like there are some authors that I've been able to meet and chat with and mm -hmm. they only want to write 
one book. And they're like, I just wanted to do it, say I did it. Or maybe they, they're they entrepreneurs and they kind of wanted that book to kind of solidify them as an expert. So they're like, okay, I wrote the book, but I'm moving on to different things. So do you want to have like a huge catalog? Do you want to have like volume one, volume two, volume three? Like in your mind right now, because I know things can change, um, but do you see yourself moving in a certain direction as far as, you know, you want to be putting out books frequently or you just kind of going for the ride and you'll see how how it goes and then determine afterwards uh, well um kingdom spoons 2 is already in my head um i've already wrote down the premise um because it picks up from this from the first book um i i've even came up with the name which probably hmm should i say it because uh, Kingdoms Bone is the book. It, it, it's the name of it's the title of the book. Um, second book, um, is definitely going to have a subtitle, and I don't know if I want to reveal it now, but, huh, um, let uh, you know, why not? <laughs> um, the second book is called Um Kingdoms Bones Carnival, mm. and. Basically, I, I I take the story a little bit further outside of the realm of because the, uh, the story is based in Florida, it's based in Haiti. I'm going further out, so it's um uh, I intend to continue. I intend to continue. I I also have other books in my head too that I want to write um based on uh, Haitian characters, um, based on um, some cool stories that's about two or three of them just dangling up in there but in my uh my overall goal my overall goal when I set out to write this book was that um I wanted to write the story so that it could be out there and I wanted to take it to the next level a lot of people their trajectory is going into film and I think film is great and um you know doing movies is awesome but I wanted to do something unique myself. And Eighth and Real Media, my company, I intend to make it an animation company, which I grew up on animation. I grew up on uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z and Adult Swim, and uh, you know, just these different uh, these different platforms that had these badass characters and stories, uh, full of metal alchemists and things of that nature. What would be cool to me is having one based on our culture and having a story that has all the fighting and the power and all of this and it's our, our people wow. so that's my intention mm, mm, mm. first time i'm announcing it wild outside of the people i know so yeah exclusive, exclusive <laughs> yeah Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this with us. Um, so we're going to play a little game. So this is something I like to do when I interview people is to kind of play a random fun game that mm -hmm. has nothing to do with nothing. Um, okay. So if you get the answers wrong, it's not a big deal. You know, it's okay. It's all in fun. So okay. I'm actually going to be playing off of silver. Um, and I okay. decided I'm going to kind of quiz you on, I guess, popular or maybe not popular, but well-known places or maybe animals that involve the word, the word silver in them. Okay. All right. So we're going to start with a song. <laughs> um, and since I know you sing now, I feel even more embarrassed, but I've sung horribly on many episodes, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in this song, I'm gonna be saying blank, but blank mm -hmm. is in place of the word that I want you to guess. Okay. All right, so. <clears throat> silver blank, silver blank. It's Christmas time in the city. <laughs> What is the bling a ling in a ring? Okay, spells. Come on now. <laughs> All right, it's gonna get a little harder now. It's gonna get harder. All right, so this is a type of gorilla. Uh, come on, silverback. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Okay, okay. So 90210, the television show. Okay. Um, not the original cast, when they came back and they had like the new cast, right? Oh, come on. <laughs> I grew up on original 90210. You can't do this on me. <laughs> I got to enjoy both, but it's okay if, if you get this wrong. So All their right. character, and they called her Silver, but Silver was actually her last name, not her first name. Do you know her first name? Oh my God. Uh, of course, this would be the question right now. And I usually know all everybody because, okay, you said this is the new cast. This ain't the, was she part of the old cast? No. Uh, okay, then I don't know her. I'm sorry. I only know Tori Spelling. <laughs> Tori Spelling before she started looking crazy. Um, Luke yeah. Green, Brian Austin Green. Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, so the, the newer class came. So Silver, her first name was Aaron. Aaron Silver. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to the next question. So this is actually a city in mm -hmm. my state of Maryland. Silver um, Spring, Maryland. I worked there. Oh, Oh, okay. Look at you. <laughs> I worked at I worked at Verizon on um Columbia Pike. Um ah. so yeah, I worked there for like three years. I lived in Maryland for a bit. Okay, hey, good stuff. All right. I didn't expect <laughs> you to know that one. Okay. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next. So this is a restaurant chain and it is known for its seafood. Da, da, da. Why is this happening right now? Uh, can I use a lifeline? Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, I wow, it's like off the tip of my tongue. It's like I can see it and it's not. Uh, okay, I um I, I give up. All right, it is long John Silver. Jesus oh, Christ. <laughs> I've never okay. been there, but I've heard of it. Uh, I've, I've had it once. It was all right. It was all right. I was say, it must not have been that good if you only had it once. It was all right. It was okay. Right. So this is another food spot. Um, so okay. this place is actually more popular for its brunch meals, particularly they have these pancakes that are kind of like the size of your hand. Um, what is that place called? Hmm. Oh, pancakes that's the size of your hands. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I am just losing out here. And ah, it is not coming to me. It's okay. You're actually doing a lot better than most people. So this is actually pretty good. Okay. All right. I probably would. I would probably would. When you say the name, I'm probably gonna be like, ah, oh, should have known that. <laughs> Sorry, it is the Silver Diner. Ever heard of the Silver Diner? No, never heard of it. Never heard of it. <laughs> no, that must be a Maryland thing or a DC thing. Uh, or I don't know. We don't got that down here. I don't. I never heard it. <laughs> mm, okay, I, I might have to research that and find okay. that where the locations are. Um, all, right. all right, well, that is the end of the silver game. And you did very, very well. I need to get- How much did I get? Harder. Oh, I, I didn't tell you. <laughs> I think you only got two wrong, um, okay. which is which is amazing. So I'm sure the listeners are like cheering right now. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> you are the champ, all right. So to close this out, just let everybody know where they can find you, like your social media handles and how they can support you. Oh, great. Um, well, let's see here. You guys could go and get my great, uh, awesome book. It's full of adventure. It's a new and different story. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever you get books. Um, believe Barnes and Noble is going to be available May 18th. But if you want it now, you could go to Amazon just by typing in uh, Kingdom's Bones and H Silver behind it. You will get directly to my book. If you put in Kingdom's Bones by itself, you're going to get everything that has bones in it so <laughs> so yeah that's the quickest way to get to my book 
Um, you could go to my website, my uh, company's website, ethanroll.com. Uh, that's the number eight, T-H-A-N-D-R-O-L-L-E.com. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at, uh, at Kingdom's Bones Book, uh, just directly how, how it sounds. Um, you can follow me, uh, I, my personal page, H. Silverain, the writer, uh, at H. Silverain, the writer. Um, and yeah, that's uh, how you guys can find me. Excellent. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and in my audience today. <laughs> um, that was very nice of you to just, just kind of come on and, and share the good story, share the good news. Super excited. You said Barnes and Nobles. That is so what is the celebration finna be like? How about that? Like, have you already? I'm pretty sure there's gonna be multiple celebrations. So like well. Let's see. I already had one mini one at home the other day, which consisted of, well, let's see here. I think we, we're just celebrating. We're almost celebrating every weekend. We got Cinco de Mayo coming up. Um, we, we're about to turn up then. Um, uh, I, I, let's see. We have the uh, book signing, my official book signing, which is going to be in smack dab in the middle of Haitian Flag Day celebration where everybody in Broward County, uh, you name it, is going to be out there. They're going to be doing wheelies and all of that in the parking lot. Um, I'm going to be smack dab in the middle of it, you know, getting my book out there. Uh, so going to turn up then. But um, um, I, I think we have an event uh, with another author um, that we're trying to get set up right now. And I think that will be the official that'll be the official party. So, um, um, yeah, uh, if you want details, I could definitely I'll definitely post it and uh, I'll send it out to you. Yes. Uh, congratulations again. And thank you so much. Um, yes. I will definitely, yeah, be looking forward to seeing all the amazing things that happen around this book. So thank you so much. No, I appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time to have me. Um, it's so great to be on your platform. Um, guys, if you have not gotten the Toxic Workplace book, please <laughs> go and pick it up. And Ms. Summer is very, very well versed in what she uh, what she does in HR and knowing how to navigate employment and everything like that. I've even met, went to her myself <laughs> about, you know, getting myself on track. Uh, so um, please, by all means, pick up her book. She is a wonderful, wonderful spirit. And I appreciate her having me on her platform. I love it. True, true Haitian. You know, we have <laughs> manners. We respectful. Listen, <laughs> that's how we do. I love it. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you.